Hello, and welcome to today's VJ Hemonk podcast. We are a global open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematology and hematological oncology. In today's podcast, you will hear from leading experts who discuss the increasing use of targeted agents in acute myeloid leukemia, with a focus on melanin inhibitors. First, Mark Levis and Gaius Issa discuss the growing role of these agents in the AML treatment landscape and where the future lies. I think the theme in the field is moving away from intensive therapy. Now that isn't a view shared by all, but survival has gone up in the field in general when we have substituted targeted agents for the cytotoxic agents. And we are now in a position to really start decreasing the use of cytotoxic agents with the addition of specific targeted agents so we need to introduce more and more of these targeted agents. I think what we're gonna be occupied in doing for the next several years is learning who and for whom and how to use venetoclax in low intensity and high intensity regimens. But we, we need to continue to introduce new targeted agents. The next big category that's I think gonna get approved are the menin inhibitors. And those are looking to hit very specific subtypes of AML. That's going to be the next quantum leap in the field is menin inhibitors. And then the next targeted agent, no doubt. Every five years, a new target is identified and a drug effort is put forth. Right now, it's menin inhibitors. And you're going to find that those probably apply to both NPM1 and MLL. The NPM1 is a large chunk of these patients without a target. So I think all of a sudden that's going to change with menin inhibitors. And then you start mixing and matching and you find perhaps venetoclax plus a menin inhibitor might work for yet another section. I think the last big group of patients that we really are um, lost on are the so-called MDS signature patients. They have spliceosome mutations, ASXL1. Uh, that's going to be the next breakthrough, but that I don't see it yet. But I would anticipate it's going to get druggable in the next decade, certainly, if not much sooner. I think uh, you're going to see less and less intensive chemotherapy, which is a very good thing. I don't know that you're going to see allogeneic transplant disappearing quite so soon, but that will be then the next object to make go away. We want to outlaw allogeneic transplant. We would like to eliminate its, the need for it, but right now we have not. So menin inhibitors are uh, the newest targeted therapy that we're using in acute uh, myeloid leukemia. And I predict that uh, menin inhibitors will be used as standard uh, treatment for acute myeloid leukemia. And we're gonna see more of those either in combination or as a uh, single agent. Um, I'm gonna talk today about the future of uh, menin inhibitors. This involves uh, the genotypes that are being investigated now. So this is leukemias that have KMT2A rearranged, rearrangement, which is a fusion uh, that, that is usually resistant to treatment. And the most common uh, mutation in AML, NPM1, and probably some other genotypes that we're gonna investigate. Uh, probably will test menin inhibitors in combination with multiple uh, other agents, either chemotherapy or targeted therapies. What we've learned so far about menin inhibitors is that the interaction of menin and KMT2A is very important for a lot of leukemias. It may not be these drugs that we have now, it may be future drugs that target it, or combination that would target it better, but this is where we're headed. 
Uh, sure. So for uh, the currently, they're being studied in relapsed refractory leukemia, and I suspect for KMT2A uh, rearranged leukemias, they would be used as single agents uh, until we have more data on combination. Uh, for MPM1, there are more options because of the co-mutation status. Um, I think when the FLT3 valiant, uh, variant allelic frequency is high, it's reasonable to uh, use a FLT3 inhibitor, even if they've been, test they've been treated with a prior FLT3 inhibitor. But if it's a FLT3 TKD or the valiant, uh, variant allelic frequency is low, or patients have had multiple uh, FLT3 inhibitors, I think the, uh, my impression based on preclinical data for now is that men menin inhibition is the next best option. Menin inhibitors are being explored in several ongoing clinical trials. In this part of the podcast, you will hear from Ibrahim Aldos, who discusses updated data from the Augment 101 trial, which is evaluating the menin inhibitor, Rebubinib, in patients with relapsed refractory KMT2A rearranged acute leukemia. KMT2A-arranged leukemia uh, represents 10% of all acute leukemias and can present as lymphoid or myeloid leukemia and can be seen in children and adults as well. KMT2A rearranged disease, it's a high-risk disease with therapeutic need. Patients frequently relapse after chemotherapy and allogenic stem cell transplant. And for relapsed patients, um, response rate and overall survivals remain low. And currently, there is no approved target therapy for KMT2 rearranged disease. Revumenib is a small molecule inhibitor of the KMT2A menin interaction, and it's currently being investigated in relapsed refractory patients with KMT2 range or MPM1 mutated acute leukemia, which is also driven by the KMT2A menin interaction. In phase one portion, it shows manageable safety and promising outcomes. The Current phase uh, two augment 101 study um, is, uh, is testing rovimenib as a monotherapy at the recommended phase two dosing in relapsed refractory patients with KMT2 range disease. And there is another cohort that's still ongoing for patients with MPM1 mutated AML. The primary endpoint was CR and CRH rate in addition to secondary key endpoints such as overall response and composite CR as well. Uh, there was a planned pre, um, interim analysis after the first 57 patients with documented mutations that they have adequate follow-up after starting treatment. So the efficacy population for the study included 57 patients, almost quarter of them were children, and the majority of patients were AML. And uh, they, these were heavily pretreated patients. Almost half of the patient had three or prior lines of therapy. The majority had venetoclax, and almost half the patient had prior allogenic stem cell transplant. Um, so the, with a median follow-up of six months, the overall response rate was 63%. The study made the primary endpoint with CRCRH rate of 23%, with the lower pound of the um, 95% confidence interval, 12.7%, and this exceeds the 10% uh, for the study uh, for the CRCRH. And the majority of responses were deep, and 70% uh, of patients available for MRD response achieve MRD negativity. And the median duration for, uh, for response in patient achieved CRCRH was 6.4 months. And almost 40% of patients were able, of responders were able to proceed with allogenic stem cell transplant. 
and half of those transplanted patients were able to resume rivimineb as a maintenance therapy afterward. Toxicity overall were manageable. Only 6% of patients discontinued rivimineb because of treatment-related adverse events. The most common grade three or higher adverse events was neutropenic fever. Um, the grade three or higher differentiation syndrome was reported in 16% and for QTC prolongation was 14%, but there was no patient discontinued rivimineb because of differentiation syndrome, QTC prolongation, or cytopenia. Um, so the study shows that uh, rivimineb is safe and effective as a monotherapy in relapsed refractory KMT to range acute leukemia. And uh, responses were durapil and deep and allow many of these patients to proceed with allogenic stem cell transplant as a curative treatment. As the study made the primary efficacy in point, uh, it was stopped early and uh, currently there's an application uh, to the FDA for Revumineb in this population of patients. Lastly, Aaron Goldberg shares recent findings from the Comet 008 trial, which is evaluating the MEN inhibitor, Ziftomenib, in patients with KM2-2A rearranged or NPM1 mutant AML. The COMET-008 study is a trial in progress that we presented here at ASH, um, looking at the combination of ziftomenib, a menin inhibitor, in combination with a variety of standard of care regimens, including chemotherapy, as well as giltaritinib. And this is specifically uh, for patients with either an NPM1 mutation or KMT2A rearrangement, and either FLT3, you know, wild type, you know, or mutant. And we're very excited about this. It's, of course, initially a phase one, you know, safety and tolerability study and looking to find a, a good recommended phase two dose. So the reason we're excited about it is because, you know, even as single agents, um, you've presented over the last several years, men inhibitors have shown activity even as monotherapy. Um, and that's really due to a biologic sensitivity of these particular subtype of leukemia cells, right, which are dependent upon either you know, MPM1 or KMT2A or a few other specific genomic subsets and arrangements that force these Hox genes to remain expressed and the stem cells you know, remain in a stem cell state and are not differentiating. So what menin inhibitors do, they, they disrupt this interaction between this core complex of this protein menin and this histomethyltransferase KMT2A on chromatin, and that forces the cells to differentiate. And obviously not working in every single patient, but single agent responses. And while the response rates are, you know, we're pleased to see and impressive, we don't think of any of these monotherapies as curative. Right? So ideally, we'd like to make this more efficacious, get deeper responses, and bridge more patients to potentially curative allogenic stem cell transplant. So that's where this study comes in. So ziftomenem will be combined um, either, again, with uh, flag idorubus in a standard salvage uh, reinduction you know, chemotherapy regimen, or low-dose cytarabine for patients who are unfit for intensive chemotherapy, or, and this is you know, what I'm particularly excited about, an all-oral regimen with ziftomenem plus giltaritinib. So there will be a significant subset of patients who have an NPM1 mutation, as well as a co-occurring FLT3 mutation. And so both you know, of these agents have you know, single agent activity in this, and there's really very strong preclinical data to suggest that while one agent you know, might have some impact on you know, slowing down cell proliferation or inducing differentiation, that the combination can really facilitate and enable maybe more durable, you know, responses. So we're really excited about this. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJ Hemonk and subscribe to VJ Hemonk Podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Podbean. Until next time. Thank you.